Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. Well, I complain all the time about people not sending in prayer requests, and then I get a flood. Although it still didn't come in through the email, but that's okay. I'll take it where I can get it. I've got uh, three separate prayer requests. Uh, two for John. There are two separate Johns, both of whom are having very serious health issues. Uh, one is recovering from a heart attack, uh, and uh, the other one is uh, currently under treatment for a stroke, or I guess apparently they think it's a stroke. Uh, so I want to pray for both of them, uh, and uh, I also want to pray uh, for an anonymous uh, uh, they were left unnamed uh, in the in the prayer request, but uh, having a a lot of trouble with uh, maybe brain cancer. It's sort of unclear. Once again, it's amazing to me. We've got a lot of medical knowledge. Everybody, we have a lot of experts all over the place. But uh, in this case, I've got uh, three people where there's only really certainty about one of them as to what's wrong with them, and it's very serious in all three cases. So I want to pray for uh, clarity for the doctors involved and, of course, for the uh, perfect healing. And uh, in the case of all three, uh, only one of them is, has, is identified as a member of the Roman Catholic Church. The other two, I don't know. Uh, so we'll pray for all of them, uh, for, uh, for their good health. And uh, if it's... If recovery is the will of God, then recovery. If not, then a Christian death and perfect contrition. Uh, if you want to send in prayer intentions, I always forget to do this when I have intentions that have come in. So I'm going to do it this time. If you have prayer intentions, you can send those in to daily decade requests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural, at protonmail.com. Or you can comment on Gab, or you can reach out and contact us in another way, if you know another way. But no matter how great or how small, please send in intentions. I'm only too happy to have everyone who listens to this pray for your needs uh, and and everyone that, uh, that you list in your requests or intentions. It's good to have as much help as you can get. And of course, as we talked about last week, turn to the saints and to your guardian angel. For now, let's turn our minds to God with uh, John, John, and our third uh, anonymous prayer request in our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, weeping and mourning from this veil of tears. Turn then, O gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy unto us, and after this our exile, shew unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. For forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. On behalf of thy servants, John and John, and the servant that is known but to thee, O God, and by the intercession of St. Luke the physician, who was blessed by you and chosen to be thy, your evangelist, we ask for clarity for all the physicians involved in the treatment of these thy servants that they may have clarity of vision and of mind to see clearly both the issues of health and their tr proper treatment. 
and that you would bless your, your servants with full recovery, or if it not be thy will, with perfect contrition, that they may have the blessing of a good and Christian death, painless, blameless, and peaceful, and a good defense before the dread judgment seat. All this in the name of Jesus Christ, thy Son, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God forever and ever. Amen. For all of us in our day-to-day -day struggles, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, uh, we're about to start the third week of Lent now. It's always, I always get thrown off from Ash Wednesday, whether that's the first week, or whether the first week of Lent is the one that follows the Sunday. Since Sunday is both the end and the beginning of the week, I always get confused about it. It is, I checked it this past weekend, yesterday, I checked it, and it is the third week of Lent. The fourth Sunday starts the fourth week. Anyway, uh, we're, we should all be moving along at a clip now as we're moving through Lent with uh, all of our disciplines. And that means that the devil is also redoubling his efforts to throw us off track. And for some of us, he'll be successful. And for some of us, he won't be. The difference is, in large part, the attitude that uh, one takes towards it. The enemy is always working against us. And having the attitude that he is, being aware of that, and being aware of how much danger we're in all the time, spiritually speaking, because we are at war. Every single one of us is waging a war, waging a properly a crusade. But it's a war whether we ask for the blessing of crusade or not. Crusades are just military campaigns that are blessed by uh, the church in order to accomplish a Christian goal. Have we begun the inner crusade? Or are we just fighting on our own strength? That's a question everybody needs to ask about the warfare that they're waging. But the thing that occurred to me over the weekend, something that I thought would be very helpful for everybody coming into the third week now of Lent as we move closer and closer to the Passion, is how we let the enemy in, or how we let the enemy accomplish their, his goals. During the World Wars, because flight was a, a new thing that people were uh, thought was a, just marvelous and it was very effective as a weapon of war uh, and as a weapon of terrible atrocity just ask the people in Dresden and in Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, where by the way very uh, both of the, both Nagasaki and Dresden saw the destruction of tremendous Catholic monuments that's something that's very important people usually gloss over that Nagasaki in particular 
but that's not what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I'm not talking about dropping bombs, uh, but leaflets was where I was going. During both of the world wars, and after that as well, it, it came into the vogue to drop propaganda on the people in the territory that, we, that were being bombed. I suppose that uh, they thought that uh, people who had had large explos explosives dropped into their front parlors could then be reasoned with, but I'm not sure what the logic of it was. I'm not sure that it ever really worked, but anyway, it was a tactic, a strategy. And people had the right attitude towards them. Most people just disregarded them and ignored them. It had very little effect. We live in a state of combat all the time in which the enemy is constantly dropping leaflets on us. And we don't seem to have the sense of the civilians living in Europe during the Second World War and First World War to just ignore those leaflets. Instead, we pay very close attention to them especially those of us that are plugged into news and radio and uh, <laughs> people and there, there is plenty to listen to on the radio uh, podcasts or what have you everybody pays attention to whatever the latest news is what did pope francis say this week what did did benedict claim to be the real pope that's the thing i'm seeing floating around right now this argument over who the pope is and somebody's feedback i, I had seen there's a blog father z or Father Zed, I don't know what he goes by, but he has a, a blog and he commented on it talking about how there was a time when there were people throughout Europe that did not even know who the Pope was, and he's right. But I don't want to talk just to a traditionalist Catholic audience. I want to talk to everybody because the enemy doesn't just attack trad Catholics, of course. He attacks all of us who are engaged in Christian combat. And he, he attacks us in different ways. And just because you're outside the church, that doesn't mean that you can't get yourself on a right track to move closer to truth and move closer to where the, where the church is. And the devil will do everything in his power to make sure that you're damned. He wants that, no matter who you are. And if you're on the right track particularly, there's nothing more effective than despair. Do we trust the enemy's missives, his leaflets that he drops into our lives? Do we trust the enemy's reporting? The vast majority of journalism done today is done by people who are actively in the service of the devil. And there's no Christian who has cognitive function who can actively deny that some journalists are diab diabolists. Their, uh, their attitudes, their lifestyles, Everything about them says that they are happily, very happily, in the service of the Prince of Darkness. Why do we trust what they have to say about anything? There's a, um, there's a, a concept that one of the podcasts that I used to listen to with some regularity uh, brings up quite a bit um, from a Michael Crichton novel. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with that, with, uh, with his writing. He did Jurassic Park, The Andromeda Strain, stuff like that. If you're into sci-fi, it's not half bad. Well, anyway, he, I forget which book it's in. Uh, he talks about the Gelman amnesia effect. And the whole idea behind this is that you pick up a newspaper or a magazine, right? And you've got an area of expertise. They're writing about, oh, I don't know, uh, 
trade in the South China Sea, uh, and you happen to be uh, a, a studied expert in Southeast Asian uh, mercantile uh, activity, the, the economy of Southeast Asia. And they're talking about the relationship between Vietnam and China, and you recognize that the author of the article has no idea what they're talking about. They've got the names wrong, the dates aren't even right. They are, they're talking about, uh, they're, they're, they put cities like, uh, like Hanoi in, in South Korea or something like that. Well, that, that's a little bit of an obvious one. Let's say um, uh, they, think that, uh, they think Ho Chi Minh City is, is in Cambodia or something like that. Something that the normal person would, would miss, but, but you're an expert, so you know it. And you think to yourself, well, they don't know anything that they're talking about. This is complete drivel. And then you turn to another article on the on ongoing state of the European Parliament, which you don't pay attention to at all. And you believe everything that you read. We all do it. And this is what Crichton describes as the Gelman amnesia effect. The idea that if you are not an expert, you naturally incline yourself to trust experts. And we all do it. It amazes me, and I do it myself, I fall into this trap too. I, I actually listen to the secular press and what they have to say about Christianity, about the hierarchy of the church, about report, and that's reports on, on proper hierarchies within the Roman Catholic Church as well as the other institutional bodies. Uh, what did they, I read it somewhere where they referred to, they had a really uh, quippy name for it. They didn't call it the Anglican Church. They called it the uh, the Anglican Faith Community or something of that name. Ecclesiastical uh, Community or something of that nature. Uh, it's not meant to be a swipe at Anglicans. I just thought it was a handy way to uh, reserve the uh, term church for the, the church, capital C. Anyway... And how many times do we read the newspaper and believe everything they have to say about this hierarchy or that hierarchy, this church or that church? And when we know that the writers are firmly in the, hand, the camp of the enemy, and yet we just uncritically hear what they have to say, because none of us knows what's going on in the Vatican. We, we're our, we are as ignorant of the inner workings of the Curia as I think most of us are of merchant of mercantile activity in the South China Sea. We all have this ignorance and yet we believe the both the best and the worst depending on how we feel about what's going on. But it's it allows us to be elated at little things, petty things going on or to be completely downcast and despairing over equally petty things going on in the hierarchy of the church as reported by these secular authors. Now, this argument has been used to defend Pope Francis on multiple occasions, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I don't think you can defend most of what he says a lot of the time. But I'm putting that aside, and I'm asking you all to do the same. Put that aside and just think in terms of how excited we get in both a negative and a positive way moving from one news cycle to the other about what's going on in the hierarchy of the church how much we trust the enemy's words about what's going on 
And what does that lead us to? Well, it puts us in a position where it's very easy to cast us into despair. There are so many people in the traditionalist community, Christians across the board, not just Catholics, but across the board, so many people given over to despairing at what has become of the faith because Christendom has gone away. Instead of trusting what the enemy has to say about what's going on, we ought to trust in God and in his providence. We're taught that that providence is there for our safekeeping, for our, our well-being, our um, vouchsafing. That's the word I was looking for, not safekeeping, vouchsafing. God vouchsafes all of us because it is not his desire that we should perish in sin. It's his desire that nothing that is given to Christ should be lost. As members of the church, we are given to Christ. The justice of God demands damnation. And St. Thomas Aquinas, whose feast we just celebrated yesterday, says that part of the joy of heaven is the justice of damnation. It's not that they're rejoicing at people being damned, but part of the joy of heaven, the contentment that one feels, the supernatural happiness that one experiences in the presence of God, is that God is not mocked. And, the, and that necessarily, it necessarily follows from that, that if God is not mocked, then those who seek to mock God are damned, and justly so. And we listen to the, what the enemy has to say about ourselves, too, about our abilities to overcome our vices. You can build up a treasury of virtues and drive out the vices and the demons that cause them. You can wait for the judge of the universe to come and pass judgment on all your vices. But you have to be careful that you're not caught up in that. Better instead, grab your virtues, bring them together, form a posse or a lynch mob, and get your vices and string them up now. And don't listen to what the enemy has to say, because he advocates for all of your vices. He has well-organized, incredibly reasoned advocacies for all of your evils and vices. And you see them in print, and he whispers them in your ears. I once met a priest who talked about the demons that sit on our shoulders, whispering in our ears, pricking at our eyes and ears and our faces. And it's true, they do. Every opportunity they get to do a little prod, they're in there. The only way that that doesn't work is if the vice that they're feeding is gone, is suffocated, exterminated. And that's the, that's the inner crusade. That is gathering your virtues in an organized campaign to drive forth these vices from the city of your heart, to put them out into the outer darkness where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth, as it says in the good book. But if you give ear to the enemy, you'll give clemency to those vices. You'll give them a second chance. And then when the judge of the universe comes and you're standing before the throne, you'll answer for those vices. Don't wait until then. My prayer is that all of us be strengthened by our patron saints 
by our guardian angels to gather up and command our virtues in martial manner to wage war unrelenting ruthless against those vices that are within us such that we may be purified standing before the throne of judgment and that we may thereby be admitted without expurgation into the heavenly paradise and supernatural joy of standing before the face of God alongside those saints and angels who have strengthened us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.